You're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam, streaming on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and at DCAUreview.com. Now, here's today's episode. Welcome, everybody, to episode 75 of the DCAU Review. I am your host, Cal, with me, as he is every week, my good brother, the other host, it's Liam. Liam, welcome to episode 75 of the DCAU Review. Yeah, we have a special one to review this week. Uh, it being our 75th and all, we're in the middle of our month of Superman reviews here in October, and we were looking for a, a fun one we could review. It's our 75th episode, after all. It's a kind of a big deal. Yeah, and uh, we, so. so. we picked, I think, one of the, probably one of the more memorable episodes of this series, If you don't, especially if you're eliminating, like, the Dark Side episodes and stuff. This really, I think, was a standout episode. I remember being uh, really interested in this, especially as a kid who didn't know a ton about the Legion of Superheroes and stuff like that, and uh, there's there's a little spoiler for what we're talking about. We are talking about the episode New Kids in Town this week. That's right. Ironically, it's a Superman episode featuring zero Superman. <laughs> How about uh, that? Yeah, well, uh, and and because of that, uh, well, well, we'll explain to you why if you've never seen this episode as we go through our synopsis and then get into plot here, Liam, go ahead and read our IMDb synopsis for this week's episode, New Kids in Town. Yes, and this is for New Kids in Town, which is written by Stan Berkowitz and Rich Vogel and directed by Butch Lukic. And that synopsis reads as such. Three members of the Legion of Superheroes from the 30th century travel back in time to stop Brainiac from killing Clark Kent in his youth. Yep. It's Clark's on. youth, not Brainiac's youth. Bra- <laughs> That would be interesting. Baby Brainiac? <laughs> yeah. Like Baby Darkseid from Dark Knight Metals. That, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a thing. Anyway, uh, so yes, we have an episode here that takes entirely uh, in the future, takes place entirely in the future, and then in the past. Yes. So no present-day, modern-day Superman story to be told here, which makes it a unique episode in and of itself. As you mentioned, the Legion of Superheroes, a.k.a. the Legionnaires, get a big part of this episode. It's our first introduction of them into the DCAU, which, of course, they then play a part later on in Justice League Unlimited. And then, of course, Liam, they were the stars of this year's very, very highly rated Justice League versus the Fatal Five movie that just came out. Yes. The latest iteration into the DCAU, So, which, uh, which you can hear our review of that episode, actually, in the archives at DCAUreview.com. But Liam, in today's episode, let's jump into the plot. We have a opening scene featuring Brainiac, and we are told that it is the year 2979, so just 11 short years from the year 3000. That's right, we're going all the way <laughs> to the year 2979. The future, Cal? Yes, the future, Liam. Um, yeah. Four people got that joke, <laughs> and none of them listened to our podcast. <laughs> anyway, so yes, we're in the year 2979, and the Legion of Superheroes are dealing with the aftermath of Brainiac, who is apparently, we learn later on in the episode, has uh, just recently reemerged after being dormant for some time, and he's created this temporary anomaly into the past, so they follow him to find out where he is. They land in Smallville, and right off the bat... We have Cosmic Girl knowing exactly... I'm sorry, Saturn Girl, not Cosmic Girl. Saturn Girl. (laughs) Saturn Girl knows exactly why they're there, because they land right smack dab outside of Smallville. 
Yep, and from there it's it's kind of straightforward, <laughs> as straightforward as a plot like this could be. Sure, uh, you know the villain goes back in time to kill the hero before he becomes the hero. Um, this is actually kind of similar to the plot of the the um, like the main plot of the series Krypton that was on the Sci Fi Network for the last couple of years. Not quite the same, but there was kind of that same idea where a bunch of villains that Superman, uh, you know, puts in jail later on go back in time to the planet Krypton before it explodes to try to uh, kill Superman's ancestors so he can never come to exist. So that 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 kind of plot's been done before. The, you know, when you do a time travel plot like this, it can it can get a little hazy. But it's also done ad nauseum in the Flash storyline, yes. Flash TV series, Flash comic books. It's yeah, yeah time it's, travel's old hat if you're a, if you're a comic book fan. I travel back in time, kill the hero before they turn it have the opportunity to turn into the hero, and uh, everything will be right in your life. Right. So yeah, yeah. So. Based on that, and actually, I think that's very similar to the plot of Justice League versus the Fatal Five. Also, go back Kinda, in time, yeah. not before they were superheroes, but go back and stop. The right, they Justice want to kill the Justice League so that the Justice League can never live to inspire the the Legion of Superheroes. So, so. It's the the if you're a supervillain and you're look you're from the future, then your main strategy at, at least one point in your supervillain career is going to go ba- <laughs> go back in time and either prevent said foils to from being born or from existing in some form or fashion. So, yeah, that's that's the plot here. I enjoy this, Liam. It's a, it's fun, despite having zero Superman in the episode. Yeah. Zero Tim Daly, zero Clancy Brown, no no Superman, no Lex Luthor, no Lois Lane. We do get Lana Lang. Yes. But no Lois Lane. Uh, so there's there's none of the staples. We do get Pa and Ma Kent. Yes. Uh, young, uh, oh, a little bit older versions of, of Pa and Ma uh, Kent than, uh, than maybe we saw in the, in the premiere episode of of Superman in the flashback obviously they're they're now seasoned teenage parents I yes. guess I don't know it's it's actually I was a little confused as to when this takes place whether Clark is aware of his past yet he obviously knows of his powers yes so it seems like this is set prior to the final little flashback we get in Last Son of Krypton part 2 where he flies for the first time and uh Mon Pot give him the show him the ship and give him like the hologram where Jarell and Lara explain that he's from the planet Krypton because he seems very lost by all that, and he never flies in this episode, so I assume it has to take place before that flashback. So sometime between when they have found Clark while he's going to Smallville High with Lana, and uh, but before he is fully aware of his, uh, you know, his origins and uh, of his destiny. Yeah. So the the plot then continues. The Legion of Superheroes have to help Clark sort of defend himself against Brainiac. Clark has to defend his house. It's very straightforward. Brainiac never actually reveals his plot per se. We just kind of assume that it is that because the Legion of Superheroes say that that's what the plot is. Right. I was curious, and this felt like a little bit of a plot hole to me, is Brainiac is Krypton. He's, that's like one of his famous lines. Right. He is Krypton. He's a, does he not know that Superman's weakness is kryptonite? Because I don't remember an instance in the cartoon at all where Brainiac introduces kryptonite when he's fighting Superman. Because it seems like that would be a very, very quick way to kill Superman. Go back in time. He's not expecting it. Shoot him with a kryptonite bullet or, you know, get a kryptonite sword and cut his arm off. Right. Or make him bleed to death or whatever. Like, something. But... No, he just goes and blasts him with lasers. So maybe the all-knowing, all-powerful Brainiac 
isn't aware that this is a weakness of Superman's? I guess, like... And the thing is, if he wasn't a computer, you could say, like, it's an ego thing. Sure. Like, that he wants to do it with his own power set. He wants to kill Superman in, like, a quote-unquote fair fight. But, yeah, being that he is supposed to just be, like, an AI in this world, you would think that that would be kind of the first thing that he'd think of would be what's the most logical and quickest way to kill him. But, yeah, he's just using his, you know, his laser weapons and these uh, drone robots that he's sending after him rather than perhaps using his... all of the tools that could potentially be at his uh, disposal. And I guess because Clark's powers haven't manifested to the point where he's flying and he's using heat vision and all that, he does use his x-ray vision, or they intimate that he uses his x-ray vision in this episode. But I guess you could say that his invulnerability hasn't manifested to the point where th- this this is something that could kill him but it seems like if you're a super smart supercomputer from the future you would know that this is a weakness that superman has so just kill him that yeah, way yeah and me i don't know if the idea is supposed to be that kryptonite is a bit more scarce in the world that could be i mean it's funny because because of the way this episode is laid out we talked about it uh off the air, but this is obviously, this is very reminiscent, it could have been an episode of Smallville, almost. Agreed. And and that episode, uh, when, when Clark comes down in the rocket, he brings with him so much meteor rock, so much kryptonite, that it's like, everybody has kryptonite in their, everywhere. At their uh, it gives all, it gives all these people powers, and it hurt. It's like every single episode, seemingly, in those early seasons especially, had kryptonite in it. Right. So maybe in in this world, it's not so common. Maybe it's just like Metallo's heart and the piece that Batman has and the piece that Lex Luthor was carrying around. That makes sense. There isn't a ton otherwise. But wouldn't you, if you're coming from the from the future, make a pit stop on the way back through the past? Right. And snag a piece here or there? I yeah, it seems like he could if he had thought about it. Are we overthinking this too much? Maybe a little bit, right. but I, I, I do, I do see your point, and I don't, I don't totally disagree with you there. All right, well, because of that logic, and I apply that to this episode, and not quite understanding why Brainiac, the all, all-knowing, all-smart computer, decided to just blast Superman with laser blasts, I gave this score of plot a six out of ten. What about you? Yeah, I'm, I'm a little stronger there. I gave it seven out of ten. Um, for most of what we laid out, it's a fun story. Uh, it's fun to see the Legionnaires kind of look at Clark before he's Superman, and they want they there. There's a lot of the episode where they're kind of trying to get him to hang back, and they keep saying like, "We'll we'll deal with Brainiac. You just need to kind of back off." Although they do, once he's so confused and doesn't understand why this robot's trying to kill him, they do show him kind of his future. Um, which, thanks to the convenient powers of Saturn Girl, everyone's memory gets erased, and uh, nobody nobody even remembers this adventure happened except for the Legionnaires themselves. Hashtag plot device. <laughs> yes. Um, but, uh, so for a lot of the episode, it's kind of them trying to tell Clark to, like, you, you, like, back off, you hide, and we'll take care of this. And in the end, Clark has to be the one that stands up and uh, stops Brainiac, ultimately, with some help from the other Legionnaires. From the, from the Legion members, it's like you said, like you said, he goes to uh, you know goes to the Kent farm and attacks them, and <laughs> Mahan and Pa Kent get their shotguns and take a couple shots at Brainiac, which is funny. That was a fun funny plot device. But my, my other favorite thing is the fact that we have uh, Kenny Kenny Braverman, who who is uh, one of I guess Clark's nemesis in high school, 
I believe he makes an appearance in maybe the other Lana Lang episode, mm, or maybe. maybe I feel like I've seen him before. Anyway, uh, but he drops a couple pop culture references, but he gets thrown through or <laughs> or across the room or through things multiple times in this episode. So that was a that was a pretty funny funny bit. And Brainiac has some great physical comedy humor yeah. in this episode, punching a guy in the face mid sentence. Being very monotone and 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 droll as because he's a robot, <laughs> replying that it was an insufficient answer, and then you see, you cut to seeing Kenny getting thrown out of, through the door out of the restaurant into the street. Some good physical comedy there. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, moving on to our next category is going to be music. Uh, I don't have a lot of notes here for music. There was some. I guess that means it blended into the background, which isn't always a bad thing. I don't right. remember there being a strong legion. Theme. You do get the Brainiac, uh, you know, warbly sound effect pop yes. up when he first appears. But uh, yeah, I think a, a memorable Legion theme would have kind of bumped this score up from from what I have here. I, I gave music five out of ten just because it's that's our standard. That's middle sure. of the road. I think a, a strong Legion theme of when they first appear and then when they come back in, one that's memorable at least because yes. I assume there was some music there. But something that stuck out again. We always compare it to that scene back in the Justice League episode of Savage Time where the Blackhawks have that very yes. very small well you know it's an integral part but a very small portion of that episode is devoted to them but they have a very memorable theme yes. so i think something like this where maybe you take it's a one off it's an episode but if you if you apply a theme that's memorable that would have been good uh, what was your score for music yeah i gave it 6 out of 10 so right in that same ballpark there's a little bit of a theme that plays uh like you said, not super memorable when they're first when they show the legionnaires going through the time warp that I think is supposed to be the legion theme, but mm-hmm. it isn't super memorable. It kind of just sounds like sort of a generic, like uh, you know, uh, you know, a moment of wonder kind of theme as as they're going through this time warp and traveling back in time. And then I do like uh, towards the end during during the the final fight there as the legion has kind of all been taken down and, and Clark stands up and. You get a little bit of the Superman theme there as he as he stands up and uh, takes the fight to Brainiac finally and uh, yeah so n- nothing great but I do think there's a couple things in there that I liked that uh, brought it up a little bit but yeah six out of ten cool all right so let's talk about animation and visuals I'd love to hear your thoughts on this Liam this is a fun visual episode because of the character selection in it uh, absolutely wh- what 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 did your what were your initial thoughts on uh, animation and visuals. I think uh, the number one thing that people are going to probably remember about this episode is Chameleon Boy. Certainly. Because uh, you know we've talked about that before with episodes like Clayface or Ink or something like that. Any any character you have that goes through all those different changes in shape, or in this case, you know he uh, he transforms into different animals and creatures and, and uh, into Superman at one say, point even himself. Superman himself, you get a little bit of hashtag cape movement yes, there. Yes, it's pretty cool. Uh, but... So a lot of fun stuff, and they do cool things, like he turns into a brick wall at one point, he turns into like a a metal shield at one point, and sort of his head pops out, and uh, he's a very, and we mean this as, I mean this as a compliment in this case, a very cartoony character, Mm -hmm. Um, and I thought they really nailed the visuals of him and and some of the different, some of the different stuff they had him do here. Um, Saturn Girl doesn't really do much besides touch people's faces, she has uh, no personal boundaries, <laughs> and uh, 
<laughs> make people's eyes glow. And then, yeah, Cosmic Boy, who has the power of magnetism. I, they kind of visualize that by, like, when he's doing something with something metal, there's, like, a blue hue that goes around it. But, yeah, I, I think the standouts here are Chameleon Boy. Um, I like some of the, the fights between Clark and Brainiac. Like, Clark's has Brainiac uses these devices to take over, like, a, a bulldozer and a... I'm not sure exactly what you call it. Something that, like, harvests sweet. I think a harvester sounds yeah. right. Um, but, it, like, it tears Sorry, up. we're not farmers, people. Yes, we sorry. don't know. Uh, but, uh, like, it's so Clark's shirt gets all torn up and no blood or anything, but you do see that, like, this has taken a real physical toll on, on Clark and this, the, these fights are. So um, I thought they did some pretty clever stuff there. Um, what about you? Yeah, I, I concur. I think... One of the standout scenes actually is is when Clark finally defeats Brainiac by sending him by using the whatever transport device that's on his belt. What's there's an official name that Cosmic Boy gives it that was pretty fascinating as far as what the device is that allows himself to transport himself. But Clark hits the three buttons on the belt and all of a sudden he's transported. For some reason, Brainiac had the coordinates set for heading right into the sun. <laughs> but it, it worked out for Clark's benefit because uh, you, you hit the he hits the buttons on the belt in the right order and Brainiac disappears and then they cut the Brainiac floating through space and it's sort of a, an up-close shot and it pans out and you see that he's headed towards the sun and then his skin starts, you know, his, I guess his outer faux, coverings. outer faux skin covering, right, starts to melt off and you start to see the inner workings of the robot that had already been beaten off a little bit because of the gunshots and mm-hmm. the battles that he had had between him and Clark and the, the Legion, but it completely melts off and you see this this robotic body float towards the sun. It was it was a great visual. You get the the glow of the and the the warmth of the sun off of them. Really, really stark, great visual there. And I, I really appreciate I, this episode. Stuck out. It's a, it's a lot of stuff happens at night in this episode. As we always said, that seems to benefit most episodes because you can hide more imperfections and things that maybe don't stick out. I think Chameleon Boy is definitely the highlight of this episode from yeah. his transformations. The, I like when he transforms into the alien bull type creature. Yeah, knocks knocks Brainiac off the tractor, and you have or off his. I guess it's off his scooter, not the tractor, but or whatever you call that sled. Yeah, cosmic sled. The cosmic sled. <laughs> whatever that thing is that he. <laughs> the cosmic lazy boy. <laughs> right, whatever it is that he flies around in. But that that was great. I think I think there's a, a lot of good visuals. Even the, the the explosion that happens when the the truck with the gasoline veers to not hit Brainiac and flies into the restaurant and explodes and the mm-hmm. Brainiac. I think that that's really the um, the highlights of the episode is 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 that. And I I struggled to find fault in this episode, so I ended up giving animation visuals a perfect ten out of ten. Very nice. Yeah, I'm 9 out of 10, so right in that same ballpark. Um, Yeah, it's really, really well done episode. Um, Even some of the little visual things they do, like, uh, um, like at one point, Clark, they decide they're going to have Clark blend in by wearing a pair of glasses, and we get like that. That's sort of like, I guess that's like the end of the episode that's more of a plot detail, I guess, but they leave him with the glasses, and that's like... I guess where Clark decides to start wearing glasses is in, is because of this adventure. <laughs> so, 
But I thought that was a clever, uh, kind of a clever little visual thing. He also makes did. fun of his red underpants That's on true. his classic Superman. And see, outfit. I'm a firm trunks on the outside Superman Are you now? fan. I, I don't give a crap either way, honestly. I think it's hilarious that people care enough to make a big stink about it, <laughs> when, it when the new 52 came out and they got rid of the trunks, and then again when they brought them back again for Action Comics 1000, I think. Yeah. So I, I think it's just hilarious that people care. For, for me, I feel like characters' costumes change so often that it really doesn't matter. If you get attached to one look, the next artist is going to draw a variation of it anyway. Sure. So if your red underpants on the outside or your red underpants are on the inside, then so be <laughs> it. So, yeah. All right, Liam, moving on to our final category then, which is our always voice acting. Let's talk about our guest stars and guest voices today. We have some notable names on this week's episode and a couple familiar ones. From our guest stars, who do we have this week? We do indeed. We have uh, the least interesting, Chad Lowe as Cosmic Boy, who uh, most famously, as far as I could tell, is related to Rob Lowe. Yes, they uh, share a last name and blood, apparently. Yes, he's uh, he's Rob Lowe's younger brother. I wasn't able to find a lot of interesting things in his IMDb page, but uh, <laughs> yeah, he's he's fine as Cosmic Boy here. He probably has the least to say or do. Very expositional from, from, from my recollection. Yes. Um, but, yeah, he's fine. Um, and then we have Jason Priestley of Beverly Hills 90210 fame as a chameleon boy. There you go. Uh, I think he's he's pretty good because, again, it's that thing where he's kind of like the funny, quippy one, mm-hmm. and sometimes that can get a little annoying, as we've talked about uh, in the, on past episodes with certain characters. But I think he does it pretty well, and uh, they put a little effect on his voice, too, which I think is cool, because he is, of the three, perhaps they're all supposed to be aliens, but he's the least human right. alien. Visually speaking. So I think putting that little extra effect on his voice helped as well. Fantastic. Um, thought he did a good job. And then we have, we just talked about it recently on our 70th episode, um, Melissa Joan Hart uh, as Saturn Girl. There you go. Um... Of course, you know, Sabrina the Teenage Witch and... Clarissa Explains It All. Of course. And other things. <laughs> I'm sure she's still acting now. Um, I think she just did a... She had a show on Fox... What's the Fox... Fam, ABC Family with Joey Lawrence. Where I they think were, you're right. They, they were, were like a married couple or something. Yeah, I think that was her, her last role on TV that I recall. Yeah, yeah. that sounds about Hey, right. what's old is new again, so I wouldn't be surprised if she makes a you know cameo in the Sabrina Netflix series oh, yeah. at some point. Yeah, I can see that. They brought Sabrina back. So, yeah, she's she's perfectly fine in, in her role here. Yeah, it's funny because their episodes, you mentioned uh, Cosmic Boy and Saturn Girl are mostly there to just do exposition. Mm-hmm. Saturn Girl sort of shows uh, Clark the future at one point. We get a little cameo from the rest of the Legionnaires, and she sort of has to explain that, like, none of this would be possible without Superman, and so we need you to be alive <laughs> right. to, to go become Superman. Um, uh, I thought she did a good job job with that. Other than that, we have uh, returning, we have Mike Farrell, Shelley uh, as Jonathan Kent, we have Shelley Fabaris as Martha Kent, and Kelly Schmidt as young Lana Lang. Let's talk about Kenny Braverman, though. Well, that's the most important voice here, why I saved him for last. Uh, Scott Menville, a.k.a. Uh, Robin of Teen Titans, and perhaps more importantly, Teen Titans Go. Big fan. Uh, big fan of both those shows. Uh, and he's... <laughs> He's, like, the perfect, like, uh, school bully. Goofball jock. Like, yeah, jock high schooler 
in this episode. And as you mentioned, a lot of the comedy of the episode is him uh, him getting thrown around, launched and for miles, ass- assaulted by these superpowered beings. Yeah, it's pretty. Great. Um, but he he's great in this, and uh, he he makes some some pretty funny if if on the nose uh, Star Wars references as well there when he sees Brainiac. There's so. two, yeah. There's two two little Star Wars uh, references, which is pretty cool. But yeah, I think uh, I think voice acting is is pretty strong in this episode. I don't think anybody's. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We didn't talk oh, yeah. about the goat. Oh yeah, hold up, hold up. The goat. We got two more. We got two two others. So we have Jason Marsden playing young Clark Kent. This is, I have to imagine, other than Last Son of Krypton Part 1, I can't imagine there's another episode that Tim Daly's not in, besides this one. Yeah, I would struggle, unless they're... Uh, is he in... What's the... Is that a Batman episode with Supergirl and Batgirl? Or is, yes, okay. uh... Girls Night Out is a Girls Batman. Girls Night Out is a Batman. Batman so so that doesn't that doesn't count. Yeah. So yeah, I would struggle to imagine there being he's pro, yeah I can't imagine there's another episode where he's not in it. Yeah. So we have Jason Marsden, who we just talked about recently in the Static episodes, Richie Foley's uh, voice actor playing young Clark Kent here, as he did in Last Son of Krypton Part Two. Because he's cool, Clark Kent too, like too cool for school. He also is much more subdued and less over the top than Richie is, yes, and not quite as douchey as Snapper Carr. <laughs> so I think he does a fine. This is the role that he was made for. Yeah, yeah, he's he's fine in here. And then of course, as you mentioned, I can't believe I almost forgot uh, the goat, the goat, Corey Burton. As Brainiac and, like, probably four other voices in the episode, as he does every time he's in an episode, we have Corey Burton here. Uh, he does, as always, a really great job as Brainiac. He doesn't have much dialogue as Brainiac, because Brainiac flies around a lot and yeah. just tries to kill Clark. Yeah. But the, he, he does have a great line as when he attacks Clark at the Kent farm about how now it's, it's clear that he is the true, like... Uh, strongest survivor superior, yeah. or yeah, superior survivor of Krypton and you're kneeling at my feet just as your father once did and stuff like that. It's real good stuff. Yeah. Um, and as you said, it's more of a minor role here because it's, he's sort of just the backdrop for the, for the, to introduce the Legion into, into the world here. But, uh, yeah, he, he does great as well. So yeah, I, I gave voice acting eight out of 10. I think it's, it's mostly very good. Um, I Pa Kent is not my favorite actor of all time. No, uh, he's not. And great. part of and some of that story related to because much like in Father's Day, <laughs> his first reaction uh, when a, an alien uh, robot shows up at his house is I'm going to grab a shovel and go fight him with my shovel. The only thing I thought about as we were watching this and that was Clark literally tells him nobody come up from here. I'm going to go attack these surveillance robots that Brainiac right. has sent to the house. No matter what happens, nobody come up. And the first crash that they hear, Pa Kent is ready to take a shovel up and attack. <laughs> but my only thought is maybe, and, and like you said, very similarly on Father's Day, he decides he's going to be heroic, is maybe the, the idea is that's where Clark gets some of his heroic tendencies from. Yeah. Is that, because if you if you think about the Superman lure, he... Pa Kent plays a major role in a lot of things and was always, you know, his his death in the comics or even in in Superman I'm sorry, Man of Steel played such a pivotal role in the development sure. of Clark's growth and who he was becoming a man in Smallville. Smallville as well. So, I 
I, I think maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm reading too much into that, but I'd like to think that that's, that's why it's, it's like, oh, well, this is where Superman gets it from. But at the same time, right. it is a, it's pure stupidity. Yeah, I mean, it, and I, I think it's more acceptable here because Clark's still a kid and they don't really know the full scope of what he can do. And that's more of him being a more overprotective father. I think when we saw him in Father's Day, when Superman is Superman in all his glory, and he's like, I'm going to go teach this guy a lesson, yeah, that's that pretty dumb. dumb. This agree. is at least a little bit, you can say, yeah, it's more of him trying to be a, more of a protective father. And uh, and that, that's fine. Um, but I'm not a huge fan of Mike Farrell's. It's just very one note. So when he's trying to do a more dramatic, like, I'm going to go save my son type of speech, it's still in the same voice as, uh, you know, as he was when he was talking to Clark on the porch when they were melting the metal pipe or whatever in sure. Last Son of Krypton. Sure, I, I get a that. A little more range would be appreciated, I guess. I agree. All right, uh, I I don't think, I don't know if I get my score. My score is 9 out of 10. It's just a tick higher. I, I really enjoyed this episode. I think everybody does a great job. There were no performances that I thought that stood out as being negative. So I, and, and, of course, because Corey Burton's so great, and the rest of the cast really seemed to to gel. I think it uh, I think it worked out really well. So that'll bring us to our final score, Liam. And that being a total for me, I'm going to total everything up here and get a score of 30 out of 40. <laughs> and I also have a final score of 30 out of 40. Ooh, there you go. Um, so. Yeah, we have identical scores there. Again, we don't discuss our scores before we go on the air, but we have identical scores here. At, let's talk about watching watchability, rewatchability. I don't know, see it or skip it, whatever we want to call this yeah. this recommendation here. I recommend it's not a. We've done this the last couple of weeks, but I don't think it's a must. It's not a must see because well, actually. Uh, Legion of Superheroes plays a big role later on, yeah, especially I, I, in this, that that uh, in Justice League vs. Fatal Five. So, is this a must see? Um, I'd say yes. I'd say yes. It's important because again, it 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 helps to establish what uh, Superman and obviously we find out later the entire Justice League means to that to that era of heroism and how they go on to inspire you know people you know ten centuries later. Uh, are still being inspired by their example, and I think I think this is a cool episode. And because it's the first time we meet the Legion, obviously, as you said, they come back in Justice League, both in both in the movie that came out this year and in the uh, the unlimited episode. So I, I I would say yes. I think this is a must watch for uh, just because of this is where it kind of starts for uh, where we're first introduced to the Legion in the uh, in the DCAU. I would say in the scope or in the vacuum of Superman animated series, it's a must-see overall over the DCAU it, because it doesn't it doesn't really make a huge impact. You know, it's not a, well, if I'm sitting down and watching Batman animated series and, and then watching everything all the way through or should I skip the episode? Yeah, throw it on. It's fun. Enjoy it. If you want to know if it's, is it integral to the overall story of DCAU, not really because what happens later on with the, this isn't directly impacted or referenced but it's a fun episode you enjoy it it's you know it's 22 minutes of some some good fun and, and good performances and great animation so yeah I, I would say go ahead and, and throw this one on so all right Liam. well that will bring us to the end of this week's episode thank you everybody for tuning in don't forget if you have not heard our prior 74 episodes if you've missed any of them they are available on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify and of course streaming 
or for download over at dcaureview.com. Of course, Liam, some of the benefits of going to dcaureview.com, you can break it down by character. Go back and you can check out all the previous Brainiac episodes or check out uh, all of our previous Joker episodes or break it down by different character, by different supervillain, whichever one, which different series, however you want to break it down, we have the different categories there. And while this one didn't reach our upper echelon of episodes, it is a, a fairly high score. You can also check out our highest rated episodes all categorized together by uh, clicking on our top episodes uh, tab. So, yeah, super excited uh, to continue next week, Liam. We're going to continue here in Metropolis as we are in the month of October. Uh, Do you have a preview for next week's episode? Yes, so next week we're going back to early on in the series, season one. We're going to look at the first appearance of the Toy Man in the episode Fun and Games. There we go. Uh, we, We did have Toy Man make an appearance in the Justice League episode that we covered hereafter? Yes. Good pulling call. These, pulling these titles sometimes yes, he's is hard. The, uh, the Superman Revenge Squad or whatever that shows up at the beginning of that the, episode. The, the Knife Stabby Team. Yes. So, uh, But this will be the introduction of Toy Man to the episode, so definitely looking forward to that episode next week. Don't forget to follow Liam. He runs our Twitter page, at DCAU on Twitter, for more updates throughout the week. But until next week's episode, I am Cal. And I'm Liam. And we will talk to you on that next episode of the DCAU Review. Goodbye.